the thing about fear is like when your back is against the wall, that's when you're the most strongest because yep. you got leverage. Yep. You know, it's like, all right, I'm at the bottom. I can't get no 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 lower than this. Mm-hmm. So only way is up. You just gotta fight. And I think that's sometimes what niggas forget is that you get so discouraged in being low that you forget to fight. And you gotta fight every single time. And as long as you're fighting and as long as you're being productive, the universe gonna always bless you. For my brothers never had an ear to hear me. These the bricks for our sisters help us build it. If I could be a black fly on the wall, I can hear and see it all and have the mind of a god. Black, 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 black. Fly, 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 fly. Black, 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 black. Welcome to another episode of Black Fly on the Wall. It's your boy Lied. I'm your host. Of course, I'm here with some amazing people, as always, but we got a special, special, special guest. Um, to my left, Luke, introduce yourself, man. What's good, y'all? I'm Luke from Charlotte, North Carolina, signed to Dreamville, and I'm excited to be here with y'all niggas. Absolutely, day, man. Absolutely. Uh, Sam, introduce yourself, man. What's going on, y'all? Y'all already know Sam Archer, CEO, Master and the Man, co-host Black Fly on the Wall. Happy to be here. P. Pierre Bless, rapper, entrepreneur. Let's do it. Absolutely. Luke, thank you again. Much love, gratitude for being here. Um, now nah, we were just start. We were just having an amazing conversation before the Thanks. cameras kind came on, and so we like, man, we got to go ahead and get into <laughs> it. You know what I mean? Sure. Today's episode is about fear, the fear of success, right? The fear of success, and the reason why we entitled this episode "The Fear of Success" is because we oftentimes are working towards success, and then a lot of times, whenever we actually reach it. We're fearful of either what we've obtained or what we're fear of losing it. And then that's when we experience the anxieties of, okay, I've grinded so long to get to this certain level. What do I do now that I'm here? Mm-hmm. You know, so we're we going to dive into it. And I know you have an amazing story um, as you're growing up in Charlotte, now being signed to Dreamville, um, Grammy nominated uh, artist. Um, you have ups and downs like everybody else. Sure. But I think you are a pinnacle in the community of what success looks like, not giving up on your life, um, not counting yourself out, um, and really tapping into who you are as an individual and putting that putting that into your creativity. So uh, just tell us a little bit about your story, man. Tell, tell us about what makes Loot Loot and and what your upbringing has created for yourself. Um, As far as like what makes Loot Loot, I'm, I'm still figuring that out. Mm-hmm. Like I'm still... Uh, like it, I take shit a day at a time, um, cause life be lifing, bro. Like I, I say that shit all the time. Life be lifing. Like one minute, uh, you you feel like you got it all figured out, and the next minute you back at square one. So oftentimes I just uh, yeah, I just I'm I just been taking it a day at a time. Um, I'm from Charlotte. I'm born and raised in Charlotte. Um, went to school here, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm from the West Side. Nice. Um, but yeah, I just I just been here and just been trying to really figure out where it is I want to be and 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 just what life got to offer for mm-hmm. me. I like how you said life is life in because I think most people see success and they think one way, but yeah, it's people so see much life and success yeah. like just one right. like yeah. just this direction, and it's like, bro, y'all don't realize this like. <laughs> It's all type of shit, man. Yeah. For everybody. Everybody. Yeah. It's not just uh, it's not just one person. It's not just you. 
like everybody's experiencing certain things. That's why I oftentimes tell like my niggas sometimes like you can't be focused on what somebody else is doing or somebody else's path because you don't know what they had to do to get to where they are. Yeah. Your mm-hmm. path and his path are two different mm-hmm. paths. Mm-hmm. Like even with success, a, a lot of people like even when um I, I used to hate when like um people would, like compare you to certain people. Like I remember when um when the baby got on, mm-hmm. people would be like, "Yo, what do you think about the baby?" It's like, "Yo, that <laughs> nigga's that nigga doing his thing." Right. I like I I can't like why you why would you ask me that question in a way where you think that I'm going to say something negative? Right. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm right, saying? Cuz right, right. his path and and my path like we have two. I don't know what that man did, or, or I don't know what his journey is like, like. His journey with God, or what he's what he prayed for, or whatever to get to to get him to his situation versus mm-hmm. whoever else's situation. Like any artist in the city, mm-hmm. like I don't compare myself to other artists or other people in the city because I don't know what they've done in their life or what they've worked hard for to get to where they are. Absolutely, what they sacrifice. Yeah, they journey, not my yeah. journey. That's why for me, it's just like I, it's love. From me to to anybody because mm-hmm. nigga, we trying to figure this shit out, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, you going you going through the. I think a lot of times we have to often remind ourselves that you know we all human beings, mm-hmm. and so outside of the success that you achieve, you're a human being just like anybody else, and you have your ups and downs, you have your pitfalls, you have your successes, you have your failures. Um, and I think it's essential for us to maintain that that level headedness of who we are as human beings and the things that we experience. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, so what was more fearful for you? Was it becoming a father or experiencing failures upon your journey of success? Nigga, everything. <laughs> everything can get fearful. Um, for sure, being a father, I remember the day my daughter came. I'm sitting here like, like, oh shit, I'm a dad. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a, I'm a fucking dad. And then just thinking like, oh shit. I'm a dad. <laughs> like, 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 nigga, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, I, I ain't got no job at the moment. Right. Like, nigga, I, how am I going to do this? What, like, I don't I don't know how I'm going to do this. There's no blueprint for this. Right, right, right. You know? So. How old were you? Luckily, I was 20, 23, 24. Like, mm-hmm. I was beyond the part where my mom would be like, oh, nigga, what, what you doing? Right. Like, I was, right, I was right, happy right, right. that I was yeah. having a kid. But at the same time. It got real. Yeah, like shit got super real, like cause I knew where my life was, or I knew what my life was at that time, and where my life was at the time, to where it's like, all right, cool, but how we gonna how we gonna make this how we gonna make this work? Mm-hmm. You know, even in the relationship that I was in at the time with my daughter's mom, it's like, mm-hmm. how we gonna do this? Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, in that time, that shit was fearful than a motherfucker. But the thing about fear is like. When your back is against the wall, that's when you're the most strongest because yep. you got leverage. Yep. You know, it's like, all right, I'm at the bottom. I can't get no, no, no lower than this. Mm-hmm. So only way is up. You just gotta fight. And I think that's sometimes what niggas forget is that you get so discouraged and being low that you forget to fight. 
and you got to fight every single time. And as long as you fighting and as long as you being productive, the universe going to always bless you. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, you gonna, like as long as you putting in the work, I don't give a fuck what it is you doing, who you are, the universe going to always bless you because somebody, you know, whether, it's, whether you know, niggas believe in God or not, there's a, there's a divine force. Niggas see that you working. You, yes. you putting forth an effort. Yes. As long as you put in, like my mom used to always say, if there's a will, there's a way. Absolutely. Right? So as long as you working and you putting forth an effort, like it's, everything is going to rearrange itself to work out for your favor. Absolutely. You know how you were saying earlier, like uh, people are like questioning the path. Like I've, I've had conversations with many. They'd be like, why don't I have it? You know what I'm saying? Why isn't it for me? Why haven't I been blessed? Why do they got it so easy? Yep. You know, and it's like, yo, have you done what this person did? You don't know what they've been doing. You and, know, and it, yeah. it's have normal. It's normal to think like, yo, why don't I? Why why am I here? What am I doing wrong? But the real question is like, what are you doing in general? Yeah. What are you doing different? That's gonna get you to where you're going. Because if mm. if you sitting there like comparing, co complaining, because uh, obviously it's something, it's a pattern that you're that you're in is the reason why it's not working out the way you want it to. So it's like sometimes, and I'm just now like realizing it within the like past three years is we're constantly growing. So your perspective is always going to change. You know how you do something that's like, damn, this used to be my shit, mm -hmm. but it don't hit the same no more because yeah. mm -hmm. you grown out of mm -hmm. whatever that was. So mm -hmm. now you got to change your perspective and tap into a lot of times with social media. Now it's hard to tap into yourself. At the time, you don't even know yourself no more. That's what I was getting you know at, what I'm bro. Saying? You people don't even... pay attention to other people so much that they don't take that divine yeah, energy now yeah. to you, succeed You looking themselves. at what somebody else sure. is into. Yep. You're distracted. Yeah, you focused you distracted on them instead of you. Distracted. What you into, and now you focus on what they're into and what what made it right for them. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be the same for you. And you, said, you said something, and you said something critical, too, is that um, earlier you talked about like limitations. And like limitations, I believe limitations are the best thing for us because as creatives, those that are chosen yeah. to create, we see limitations as obstacles that we can overcome. And it pushes you to create more and create more and create more. It's just like an artist that is transitioning to a new avenue or a new lane. Um, that limitation that they had self-imposed or what society has imposed upon them, mm -hmm. they look at that as an obstacle that now I can go and create. Yeah. So, so we're, we're just epitomes of the creation. Yeah. But and, obstacles and, are, and, are inevitable. Right. Yeah. They, and they're, and there's something that you should use to overcome and, yeah. and, and, to, and just to continue to create and expand, and expand your brand. Because with fear, it's like, it's like people are afraid of fear, but they say if you're not afraid of your dreams, you're not dreaming big enough. You know what I mean? Anything. So like, if you're not, if you go on stage and you're not afraid to be on stage, anything that you do, anything that you have a passion for, if you're not like your palms sweaty when yeah. you're about to present <laughs> it or do it, mm. You don't Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You don't fuck with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cause people be like, I'd be like, yo, I'm nervous. People be like, what you nervous for? You've been doing it. I'm like, 
Cause I got passion yeah, behind like, it. You know what I mean? I want to make sure I'm doing yeah. it the way that it's I see. Level yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So yeah, like and and people just get discouraged by obstacles, but like obstacles are inevitable. Yeah. Obstacles help you for the next like, but you ever been in a situation where it's like, like, damn, how am I gonna get out of this? Yep. Mm-hmm. It's five mm-hmm. years from then now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you like, oh shit, like nigga, I'm I'm you doing all right. I did it. The, <laughs> the obstacle was the best part of the story. Yeah, exactly. it is. Well, whenever you tell a story, the most beautiful part of the story that everybody wants to hear and what you mostly accredit to your success are the low times. Right. You don't never talk about the highs being the reason why yeah. loot is successful. Yeah. You talk about all you, you talk about the things that really molded you to be the individual who you are today. And a lot of times those times are the times that are low. Yeah. And a lot of times we like to defer those tough moments and we like to defer those painful moments. But those painful moments is what pushes us to grow and become the epitome of who we are. Yeah, the, the low times help you evolve into the person that you are. If you are, if you if you're the type of person that's always in a high tide, when the low tides come, you don't even know how to adapt. You, you crash. You swallow yeah. into that shit. Mm-hmm. Yes. Almost like the I don't I don't even no disrespect to her, but uh Ronda Rousey. Mm-hmm. You're so used to winning, but when you get that one loss, it's like, oh shit, like mm-hmm. I gotta rethink yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. But for somebody who's like on and off with the wins and loses, you you appreciate the wins when you get them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It ain't mm-hmm. when when you do lose. It's like I right, bet. I, it's just um, another loss. Yeah, yeah, it's just another loss. <laughs> yeah. Like I like, know how to adapt. From dust yourself more. off. Yeah. I know that I gotta Let's work harder to get that win. So when you do get that win, it feels a lot better. But when you always on a high horse, as soon as you get knocked off, you don't know how to bounce back. Absolutely. That shit. Yo, when you fail, you can definitely bounce back with wins. Yeah. So like, like for me, it's like yo, I'm not focused on being the nigga at the top all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm just focused on being the the best me that I can be yeah. and being better than the nigga I was yesterday. I'm never focused on the position because mm-hmm. I know the positions can wane, bro. Mm-hmm. Like you can be on top one minute, you could be on the bottom. I'm never the type of person where I'm just like, yeah, nigga, I got to be number one. It's like, yeah. no, I want to be the best me. Mm-hmm. I want to be the best me for whatever I'm up against. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I ain't trying to be that nigga in the position. Well, you, and you also not, you're also not setting a uh, unrealistic expectation of yourself um, and putting pressures on yourself that don't need to be there. I, I, I don't set expectations on you, myself because go. for me, I don't know in any situation that, I, that I'm in or any situation or opportunity that comes to me, I don't know what space I'm going to be to take in that opportunity. Yeah. It's opportunities I've missed because of my mental state or whatever. And it's opportunities where I'm like, I'm glad I took that. Mm-hmm. Or I'm glad I got myself out of that situation. But for me, it's like, my mental and who I am constantly changes. Mm-hmm. So I can't, or I, I try not to set expectations for myself because I don't know what me is going to arrive mm-hmm. in that moment. And when did you first come into the, 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 the feeling of knowing that you were different as far as how your moods change, your anxieties, the things that you fear? When did you first come into like, okay, I know that I have this, this, this certain state of myself and I need to manage it and be responsible for it so that I can take care of myself and prioritize myself. Um, Probably right before quarantine, but before then I knew that there was, I cause bruh, before quarantine, I didn't even know what the fuck anxiety was. I didn't even know what, what I had. Oh, I ain't gonna say what I had. I just didn't know what anxiety was. Mm-hmm. Um, So it wasn't no word on it. So for me, I'm thinking like, damn, like am Am I tripping or something wrong with me? Do I have certain spectrums that I don't know about? Like, what is this? Because mm-hmm. I know it's not normal, 
And I know in certain situations, my body reacts different and my mind reacts different. But I was just dealing with it. I was mm-hmm. just coping, no medicine, no nothing, no whatever. I was just just dealing with it. Um, but before then, um, when I realized that something was off, was in like fourth or fifth grade when we was doing EOGs. Mm-hmm. Where you do the, like it was the first time we had to do the big end of the year test. The good old mm-hmm. days. And yeah. <laughs> and <clears throat> but that first day that we had to do the test, I had a panic attack. And my, literally to the point where my mom had to come get me and get me out of school, and I had to take it later. Wow. But I had a panic attack, and it it just came out of nowhere. And so I was, that was my first time witnessing anxiety. Experiencing it. Yeah, experiencing anxiety. But then um, up until quarantine, that was the first time where it's like, all right, we got to figure out what this is or whatever. But honestly, bro, it came out of nowhere for me. I, I found out what the word anxiety was from an infomercial on BET. Wow. Like, through the middle of the night. And it was like, are you experiencing such and such? I'm like... That's me. Are you experiencing this and that? And I'm like, <laughs> checking this shit out. It, it kept going down the line. And it was like, you have anxiety. Call this number da, 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 for information. I didn't call the number, but I Googled anxiety. anxiety and I was like, oh, shit. You know, I can have something to identify. Yeah, with. I can like I can right. pinpoint what this feeling is, mm-hmm. but I haven't really discovered it like that yet. You know what I'm saying? I had just figured out what the word was. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm not a crazy ass motherfucker, or mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with me. But even from earlier today, when I told y'all how I got expelled, I realized my anxiety was also a stem of my behavior yeah. in school. You know what I'm saying? I was dealing with a lot of shit at the time. My mom had remarried, so I, me and my stepdad didn't get along. But what they triggered as, like, or thought to be behavior was really just my anxiety. You mm-hmm. push me the wrong way, I'm yeah. going to react. Correct. Correct. You know? Correct. So, Do you correct. think doctors are just now learning about anxiety? I've, like, realized, like, a lot of females that I talk to. I don't to, know about doctors, but I, I realized... People- Black people, black people are yeah. for sure just now realizing what it is, mm-hmm. and we have it a lot. It's nigga. so popular, like I'm realizing a lot of people have it, Bruh. But I think they were trying to like medicate us for it when, my before, mom. and you know, black parents wasn't going Bruh, for that. My mom has anxiety, and for so long, my mom has anxiety. My grandma had anxiety. My brother has anxiety. I thought I was gonna lose my mom to anxiety at one point in time because she had to go to the hospital, be medicated, but like to the point where. I couldn't even have a straight up conversation with my mom. That's how bad it was. Wow. And um, so I'm like, damn, I'm saying like, and at the time I didn't even know it was anxiety, but I'm like, I'm thinking that I'm about to lose my mom to like some dementia type shit or whatever, mm-hmm. not realizing that she just had a bad effect from some medicine that she was taking and it caused her anxiety to shoot up. And like, it was, it's crazy. Yeah. And we don't. We haven't known much about that shit. It's kind of new. Because our black, bro. Uh, like you know, as parents, like you said, yeah. they'll like, oh, you know, I just flipped out. Yeah, like yeah, you you be all right, yeah, type shit. Yeah. And it's like yeah, we we in a, in our community, we uh, due to the healthcare dispar- disparities, we like the education around how to identify identifiers. So a lot of times, like other cultures, other communities. They know what identifiers are. So they can quickly say, Mm -hmm. based on my education and me going to the doctor as often as I do, I know what an identifier is. So it's it's hard to label something without an identifier. It's hard for us in so many ways because even that, 
like even with like, okay, let's say we do go to the doctors, like it's hard for us because sometimes in our community we don't often often trust yep. the, mm-hmm. the 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 health or, yep. or or the doctor yep. shit, even the medication. Because mm-hmm. I was taking medication and it worked for me for a little bit, but then the headaches became like to the point where I'm like, nah, I don't want to do this. I don't I don't want to use this shit no more. So I tried to find healthier ways, and I've 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 done unhealthy ways to try to cope with this shit too. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, before I got to my um, my first therapist, I was like, when I, when I arrived to my therapist, I was like, yo, you my last option. If you can't help me figure this out, I don't, I don't know. I don't know where mm-hmm. I'm going to be or how this is going to end up. Mm-hmm. You know, because I had tried alcohol. I tried the medication. I tried the, the healthier shit. You know, I was on ashwagandha. I was taking that shit. I was... Taking natural stuff, and it just it would work, and then it wouldn't work. I was doing the breathing exercise, still do the breathing exercises, but I wasn't realizing that in me doing these things for my anxiety, I didn't realize I was going through depression, and that's the reason why Mm. some of those things weren't working the way they were. Because you know, anxiety, depression, they like cousins. Yeah. So you know, anxiety and depression, but it's all mental. Was, it's all mental shit. Was therapy like a back against the wall for you? Like, if I don't get it here, then... Yeah, therapy was like... It was my last option, bro. Because at, at the time I went to therapy, bro, I was at the lowest of lows. This yeah. was the lowest I ever been. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And I was afraid of therapy because, like most people, when you think yeah. of therapy, it's like, bro, I ain't about to sit in front of nobody tell these niggas my problems or whatever. But I ain't crazy. What you don't realize is, it's not that. It's you now have an unbiased opinion on what you're going through, and you have somebody mm-hmm. that's trained and willing to tell you where your problems stem from and how to correct it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It ain't you sitting down telling your problems to somebody yeah. or whatever. It's somebody that's listening to your problems, listening to your issues, and telling you where that comes from. Yeah. And what a lot of times is we don't realize that even the way that we was raised and how we grown up is done boiled over to us being adults. Sure. And sometimes For we sure. don't often know how to cope with certain traumas that we've been through in certain situations and they're there to not give you the wrong advice. Because yeah. we be talking to people sometimes and sometimes and, yeah. because we respect them, we listen to their advice, but sure. it's not always the best advice. Yeah. You got somebody that's right here in front of you and now, don't get me wrong, you got to pick the right person. Yeah. But you got somebody that's there to tell you how to cope and also how to move forward. And and really what they're telling you is what they're hearing. And that's right. what a lot of times you don't get from people that you know. They might mm-hmm. hear it and then they'll spit something yeah, back. Yeah, and it'd be just some shit that yeah, they just telling right, you to, right. to cope. Yeah. It ain't even really based on what you just told you them. Said, yeah. They just telling you some shit to make you feel good. Whatever feel better reaction is yeah. what they're going to tell you. And, and, and you sharing that, now it, it makes sense as like I'm learning now about the personal you. You know, I first met you through your music. Mm-hmm. So now hearing your story about your journey um, and sharing that. I think, I think that was, and I appreciate you sharing that because I think a lot of people need to hear your side of the story and how you are as an individual so that they can then manage their own stressors as well. But now I see the transparency through your music. See, my music is my journal. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what people don't realize. Cause I, I get, I, I see shit sometimes on like YouTube or whatever. It's very relatable. And I, I don't, I don't really pay attention to a lot of shit. And I know like niggas be like, Sometimes niggas be like expecting bars and expecting this and that, but like when my how my music comes to me is like literally how I feel from mm-hmm. day one, from West 1996 to even before West 1996 to all the underground shit that I was doing. Like mm-hmm. music been around far beyond my friends, far beyond um, 
just like music was my outlet when I didn't have people around to talk to about shit that I was dealing with, going through, seeing, whatever. Mm -hmm. So whatever I put down on my pen is literally from my perspective and my eyes. So oftentimes, like, it be songs where it's like, nigga, I, it's it's coming out how it's coming out. Mm -hmm. And it be times where I be writing shit, and I'm like, I don't even know how I wrote that. I don't even know where that came from. Out of body. Yeah, like. <laughs> Zoned in. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm just tapped in, and it's literally just coming out, and I'm just a vessel. Mm-hmm. You know, so my music is my is my journal. Like, literally, when people hear my music, it's like we growing together. Mm -hmm. But I'm also telling you my experiences and 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 holding myself accountable, like right in front of you. That's the relatable aspect. My name is Jason Jett. I'm a recording artist, engineer, and music producer. And like most of you guys, I actually started making music out of my house. All right, I've had so many different studio setups out the crib. But there was always one problem with having a home studio. And that one thing was I could never scale my business to the next level. Right. Artists don't want to pay seventy five hundred dollars an hour for studio time. If you're working out the house, I got a solution for you. Grindhouse Studios. We've got four studios here where you get the opportunity to get studio time for as low as $10 an hour. All right. It's a monthly subscription. It's kind of like a, a YMCA for music, but you get to come in and work in an already acoustically treated room. All right. You've got fully loaded computers and software and microphones at your disposal. Okay. Click the link below. We want to see you be a resident at Grindhouse Studios. Apply now. Apply now. So like with your with your music being your journal and as you progress through therapy sessions and all of that, what kind of effect, either negatively or positively, did you notice that therapy had on your music? I just really, uh, therapy made me realize that I was in the way of myself. Okay. And I'm always going to be, it's always going to be me. Like nobody else, I can't blame anybody around me. It's me. How am I going to show up today? Who am I going to show up as today? Mm -hmm. And it's okay if I don't show up today, mm -hmm. you know, that's but that that's, that's literally <laughs> what made me realize grace. like, okay, yeah, it's just grace. all about how I show up. Yeah. That's literally it. Like therapy made me realize that I, I just have to show up mm -hmm. and I have to choose myself mm -hmm. each time. And it also made me realize it's okay that I don't show up today, mm -hmm. you know, cause I'm not, you're not going to be a hundred percent every day. Um, but you have to be the person that water yourself. Absolutely. And I think every I think the biggest thing too is uh, I love what you're saying. Like you have to be the person that waters yourself because it's all about accountability yeah. from that point of view. Like you're accountable for whether you succeed, you're accountable for whether you fail. No matter what, you're accountable, and you can choose how you manage and download that as you progress through the process. How did you find your therapist? I think that's the biggest question that we get in the DMs when we're talking about therapy. Is like, was it somebody that was I did it? I just remember going to my manager, like, bruh, I need some help. Okay. And he was like, okay, bet. I'm going, I'm gonna call, I'm gonna call around and and I'm I'm gonna see what I can do. And he called to this one spot, and I remember my first therapist, Hannah. And I I remember the day going, nigga, I was literally about to turn around. If she didn't make that courtesy call to check mm -hmm. on me to see to see if uh five o'clock was still okay, bruh, I was going back to the crib. Mm -hmm. But she made that call and like, damn, she already she, she that, is was that was Devon. Yeah, yeah. Bro, that was Devon. Yeah, bro, I was literally on my way turning around, about to go back to the crib, like, nah, fuck this shit. I'm not, I don't need therapy. But she called me and was like, hey, 
I'm just checking to see if uh, we still on for five o'clock. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, we still, yeah. we still on the way for five o'clock. So I turn around, I'm like, damn, she already expected me, so I'm gonna go. Right. But had she not did that, I wouldn't have went, bro. That's what you talk about the universe, like already experiencing the work that you're doing. Yeah, uh-huh. you already asked for help. You already put the appointment. The universe is like, nah, see it through. And you, I remember you talking go. to her. Yeah, <laughs> I remember talking go. to her about what I was experiencing in that time because at that time, bro, I was I was drinking a lot. So I'm like, damn. And and alcoholism runs in my family super okay. deep. And honestly, that's low-key how I lost my dad. So when I went to Hannah, in that time, I'm like, damn, like, like is that me? Like, is, is am I is that what I'm experiencing? And I remember talking to her, and she like, she like, no, you're 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 good. I know what alcoholism looks right. like. I know what that looks like. She's like the fact I know that you like too. she like the fact that you're <laughs> able to be aware. That there is an issue and that things have been, you've been abusing it more than you should have. She's like, that's a sign off gate that I, I like. She's like, what you're dealing with is depression. Mm-hmm. Like that's just the bottom line. You're dealing with depression and mm-hmm. you've been using that to cope, which is why you probably haven't been recognizing your limit lately. Mm-hmm. And so, it was a sigh of relief. But then also it's like, damn, depression. Yeah. I ain't never, I'm not used to that word. Like but she also that. allowed you to detach from the labels within your family associated yeah, with alcoholism. Because I, I also because we don't want to be associated with those right. things. Like we I, don't want to be a generational curse to ourselves. And that's facts. Because I'm telling her about right. my dad and right. my family, and she's right. like, I get that. Yeah, but right. like that, I know that was a relief. But it was because I'm yeah. like, I, I I know this runs, I know this runs deep. Yeah. I've seen this before. Why not me too? I'm recognizing right. shit and I'm just like, and she's like, but the fact that you can even recognize certain things, she was like, I'm proud of you because a lot of people don't make that decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I literally, it was just a day where I'm just like, yeah. all right. I, I hit my manager up and I'm like, yo, I think I kind of need some help. You know, I, I'm I'm just going through some shit and I don't think I can... I'm so used to dealing with shit on my own. Mm-hmm. And at this time, it was just like, everything was too much. Yeah. And I'm like, I... And it's hard. It was hard for me, bro. I don't ask for help. And I think that's another thing that um kind of keeps us from certain things mm-hmm. is not asking for help. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, I was like, okay, I know that in this moment, I can't deal with this on my own. In our community, I think we over-champion independence. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like, we... We push independence on kids. We push independence on teenagers. You push independence on even 20, 21-year-olds. It's like, it's almost to the point where we're being pushed before even being able to go through the processes yeah. of being children, of being teenagers, of being young right, adults. So it's hard. almost a measure, though. Like, it's right. like you you applaud kids when they can do things by themselves. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're, like, waiting for somebody to get to that moment. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like you, we have to change the scale. Like, we have to change as as, as the culture we have to change how we view success mm-hmm. within our children, within our siblings, within our nieces and nephews. It's like, you don't have to be the most independent person yep. at 10, 12 years old, and we label that as success. Yep. We just need you to be the best version of you and always put your best foot forward and move in a positive direction. That's what success is, you know? And I think, um, I think as we shift how we define, how we scale things, how we measure things, That'll assist us all in all with not feeling those pressures and those and having to be independent. You mentioned one thing um, in in your in your one of your previous statements about your father, mm-hmm. your father passing away. How did that affect you as a human being? Um, 
it it was it was definitely tough. Before my pops passed, we were we were on good terms, but before then, me and my pops wasn't. We didn't always see eye to eye. I ain't gonna say we was on bad terms. We just didn't always see eye to eye. And my dad was the first person I had to set boundaries with. Mm. And um, I've been there. But there was a lot of questions still that I had with my dad or for my dad where when my dad passed, I felt like I wasn't going to get those answers. But the way the universe works, as I've been growing, I've been getting those answers through living mm-hmm. and realizing like, oh, maybe that's why he made mm-hmm. such and such decisions. Mm-hmm. Or maybe and now I understand the decisions that he did make. So where I thought I wasn't going to get those answers, I've been getting clarity from living and experiencing maybe what he's experienced, and now I've been getting those answers. It's so crazy, yeah. bro. Mm-hmm. But, like, losing my dad, which is going to be weird to say, and me and my therapist had, like, I got a new therapist, uh, Dr. Kid, black guy. He's also lost his dad, and we've been talking where it's like, when you lose your dad, it's like the first sign that you recognized you being a man. Mm. It's so weird. It's weird to say, mm. but like when I lost my dad, as sad as I was, something in me made me feel hella strong. You mm. know what I mean? It made me feel like, okay, because now I got a child and now I'm like, okay. So it just instantly sparked in me to who I need to be for my daughter. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. It's it's really weird, bro. But you chose um, you chose to look at it as a lesson. Yeah, it, I had to look at it where it's just like, it's like a little bit of independence. Almost. Yeah, it, it was. It, it really was, bro. Like when when my when my dad passed, it just I just got this this weird sense of just life and what life looks like. And now I'm not afraid. Yep. You know, you you get you get that fearlessness. There's a book. I think it's, it's either the Master Key System or the Way to Superior Man, but it tells you like live life like your dad is dead because Bro. most people live for the approval of mm-hmm. their dads and stuff like that. Bro, I just got this unexpected like just like fearlessness, bruh. Mm-hmm. And it was just it was it was weird cuz I'm like what do I do with this? At the time I didn't know what to do with the energy, what to do with the feeling, and then you know, life shit happens, but then I became the I became the strong one. Mm-hmm. Where now it's like, okay, this life situation happened, that life situation happened. It's all good. We're gonna be right. We're gonna be straight. Mm-hmm. It's all good. We just gotta keep pushing. And that's why I got the mentality of like, as long as you putting in the work, the universe gonna bless you. Because after Absolutely. my dad passed, it was just like, fuck it. Like, we we you gonna figure it out. You're the only one accountable. Yeah, yeah. it's like <laughs> we're gonna figure it out. It's on my it's on my back now. Yep. I kind of wanna take what he said and uh just wanna add something. Like, you know, I'm not in that position, but I feel like on a spiritual level, what happened, like, from what I'm hearing, too, is beautiful, bro. Like, you lost him, but then you gained him. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you but I gained him in a way that I, I felt like I always needed him. Yeah. Yes. Like, like in a way that, that I wanted, didn't you know I think I had him while I was alive, when he passed, I felt like I gained that energy yeah. of my father, exactly. of what I really needed. And it, it, it was just like, that's why it, it became easier to grieve, mm. because... It w- now it wasn't me grieving my dad. It was me appreciating my dad for what he did do yeah. when he was um, present, mm-hmm. you know, versus when he weren't or when we had rifts or whatever. Right. And somebody asked me, like, would you, when you had set those boundaries, would you play it any different? And I told them no. 
Because, you know, me and my dad's relationship was how me and my dad's relationship yeah. was. Well, when you said them, you was focusing on what was then the past. Yeah. As you was focusing on your present. And the reason why I say so, that is because the last time I saw my dad before he passed, we both told each other we loved each other. There you go. And I, and I got to, we hugged each other mm-hmm. almost as if I, low key, I, I ain't going to say my dad felt like he was going to be here long, even though he would always say a little dumb shit where... Where his soul could have been prepared. Yeah, but I just felt like, yes. you know, in that moment, me and my dad, we hugged, we told each other we loved him, and that gave me clarity because mm-hmm. it's like, at least he know mm-hmm. or knew, and I and at least I knew yeah. that my dad loved me. So with that, it was just easier to grieve, and like I said, life be lifing. So I was able to also... I was also in a position to where maybe I understand why my dad made certain decisions mm-hmm. as a man. You what know, was your grieving? What was your grieving process like? Living. Mm-hmm. It was just living and recounting situations, even bad ones. Um, but it was just I had to live in anything that I do. I have to live. If my music, if I want my music to be better, I gotta live. Mm-hmm. If I want my relationship to be better, I gotta live. If I want to, if I grieve, I gotta live. And I just, you know, it's all about just constantly choosing yourself, getting yourself up, and to live. You can't sit in the shit. Mm-hmm. You sit in the shit, you're going to lose yourself. It's one of my favorite things. If you, it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay there. Yeah, it's not, bro. It's not okay to dwell. Bar. You can't dwell. Yeah. And, and a lot of times, too, I think that that doubles back on accountability because a lot of times people like to swim in that pool of misery. Um, and even though life happens, you're still accountable for digging yourself out or at least doing your part in the digging. And then let those around you assist you in getting yourself out of that. Because misery loves company. You're going to be connected to a lot of other niggas that's miserable. It's going to be hard to get out of that group of misery. So it's going to be even harder. You're just going to keep dragging yourself, dragging Mm -hmm. yourself, dragging yourself, dragging yourself. So I look at life or I look at shit It's a vibration. It's a frequency for sure. Right. You remember that that Batman movie with Bane? And he threw that nigga down in the hole. (laughs) And he was trying to, yeah, he was born in that shit. But Batman was like always trying to... Get out of that shit, but he had the rope. And the old nigga told him, like, bruh, you know how bruh got out of here? Climb. He wasn't using that rope. <laughs> so it's like, you got to have that sense of fearlessness to survive mm-hmm. because hanging on to that comfortability is going to always hold you back. The rope was holding mm-hmm. the nigga back. It's like, bro, you got to stop using the rope. The rope Com- is weighing you down. Comfort breeds contempt. So you, you, so you, you, you stay in that. Comfort allows you to get cozy. Um, but my, one of my favorite quotes is uh, a comfort zone is a beautiful place but nothing grows there right so if we're always seekers of growth we have to always make sure that we're staying uncomfortable so that we got so we that we can water ourselves and continue to, to grow I ain't never met nobody successful that couldn't say that they made a leap you look at any successful person or anybody you deem successful at some point in their life they had to take some kind of leap of faith absolutely where they didn't know how it was going to work out mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people be like, well, how? what's the difference between what I'm doing and somebody following their dreams? The difference is you haven't made that leap yet. Mm-hmm. And whatever that... You're still playing it bro, safe. On the other side of that leap, it's going to always be fear because you don't know how it's going to work out or you how know, it's going to You don't know happen. how you're going to land. So it's always stepping out. Like in any point in your life, you're going to have to step out on that leap of faith not knowing what's going to happen. Well, eagle doesn't know they can fly until it flies. Exactly. So, so I think we have to take that same analogy and apply it to us. Actually, I feel like fear and darkness are synonymous. Yeah. And I feel like, but that's where creativity is born from. Like fear, creativity is born from the fear of not knowing if something is going to work. Imagine how many times the iPhone was drawn up and created 
before they even found a true proof of concept. Yeah. Like imagine, imagine what it was like for the universe to create this, for God to create this out of void, out of darkness. So we have to always make sure that darkness is sometimes presented to us as a something negative, but actually it's a, it's a, it's an opportunistic time for us to create and become the individuals who we born to become. Darkness. I, I like to, I like to use it as like low tides. Mm -hmm. Sometimes in your low tides, when you're going to make your best shit, like mm -hmm. it'd be times where I go through things and I'm like, damn, like, yo, this, this sucks right now. But the artist in me, is like, this going to make for some good shit though. Mm -hmm. Like I got content or whatever, cause and that's how you the most relatable in the low ties that you go through, cause we all experience it. We all experience these highs and money when we get it. We we know what that is. We know mm -hmm. what that feels yeah. like. But when somebody is going through a low tie or a low situation, it's like, damn, you go through that too. Damn, you experience that too. Mm -hmm. I thought it was just me. That's when you really connect with people. It ain't in the high that you mm -hmm. connect yeah. with niggas, cause mm -hmm. like nigga, that's easy. Right. Like highs come there's no work. It's no work in that. It's the low. It's like damn, Absolutely. you experience those lows too, nigga. And like I you said, it's is. only one on, only one way out of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, if you're at the lowest, you only climbing out of that. Yeah, right? bro. Seven twelve vodka distilled only once from Blue Ridge Mountain water, alkaline and gluten free. Seven twelve vodka is perfect for sipping or mixing when you want to enjoy the finer things in life serve up 712 vodka and reflect with us on the happenings that have made you who you are um your gq um uh write up and it was amazing don't shoot by the way when you yeah i appreciate LA. it I wasn't um, even expecting that. Though. Hey, yeah, that, that was crazy, right? Nigga, like, all right. <laughs> that was that was that was fire. Um, I saw that you you spoke about poetry in your interview with GQ. Like, has poetry enhanced your love for yourself? Hell yeah! I just did a um, I I recently maybe a month ago did an open mic, and I've been going to open mics lately because, like I said, I, I for like a year and some change, I kind of fell back from music a little bit, mm -hmm. and for a second, it was just like. I even love this shit anymore. But then I started going back to poetry because poetry, like when it comes to, when it comes to this music shit in general, I just, I like to write. I'm a writer. Mm -hmm. I like to say I'm a writer more so than I am an artist. I just like to write because I journal daily or, I, or when I can. And then quarantine, I was journaling all the time. Mm -hmm. But poetry helps me where um, music can't. Because music has like certain guidelines. Poetry, you can just go off, you kind of go off the grid a little bit. Mm -hmm. So that helps me get back into my writing mood into creating music. Because sometimes my poetry turns into songs. Mm -hmm. So I was like, what can I do to spark my interest and get back rolling? So I started popping up to poetry events. That's fire. And start popping up to open mics. People looking at you like, yeah, like, what are you doing here? I'm like, I'm just, I'm just, yeah. you know, I'm just, yeah. I'm just open and, I, and, and, and bro, I ran into some really dope. Like, oh, I bet artists and and niggas that do poetry, and I'm just sitting there like, damn, like these niggas are amazing. And you can, but you see the yeah. passion in it. They are when you crazy. go to these, when you hungry. go to open mics, you see hungry. the real mm -hmm. yeah. passion, the real hungry. hunger, the real artistry. So I was going to like different open mics, and I would just be popping in, and they'd be like, "Yo, you trying to trying to?" And I was like, "Nah, not today. I'm, I'm just, I'm <laughs> yeah, just yeah. watching y'all niggas." And then until I, I built the courage, and a homegirl of mine was doing this poetry event, and she asked me if I wanted to if I wanted to be a special guest. And I was like, all right, bet. And I said that because 
it, me saying that, I was still kind of nervous and didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, if I tell her, yeah, then I have to. Yep. Mm-hmm. I got to prepare myself to do yep. it. And I did it, and, bro, it was the best thing I did because it brought me joy to know that I still got love for writing. Yeah, I mm-hmm. still got love and passion for just to be here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And to do this shit. Strip everything away. Bro, it, it just, pen, it, just I'm good. It, 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 it made me realize why Andre be running around playing <laughs> the, the blue. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Yeah. Coffee shop. <laughs> so I'm like, yo, you just trying to get that passion again. And you just trying Facts. to find yourself. And in the poetry, I found myself. I found my That's angle. Love. I found who I want to be and where I want to be. And I knew that I wanted to be involved in this it's, it's kind of like the athlete or the the the, the dude that hoop mm-hmm. who was losing passion for hooping, then he go to the playground. Yeah, you and go back to where it started, you, and you, that's yeah. when you find start you regain your love for hooping, become a kid again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and that's literally it. Like yeah. you really become a student of it yeah. all over again. Because I'm watching these niggas, I'm watching these niggas, and they go in at the and, and they're going yeah. the fuck mm-hmm. in, bro. Yeah. And it's so beautiful. So I'm like, okay. I got to get back to this. Now, I got to get back to that. I can relate, man, because uh, last summer we mm-hmm. did, um, we was transitioning and we did two live shows kind of like back to back and uh, had like a little break from the studio. But like, I love being in the studio. Mm-hmm. Like, my, like we have a side of our of our business that we do live shows and live events and they're fun. But my true passion and love is in the studio doing this right here. Right. Like, not a whole bunch of cameras, not a whole bunch of people, not a whole bunch of production, but just getting to this. And so, like, I can relate because, like, I leave for moments and days like this, like, fired up, mm-hmm. like, ready to get after it. Like, we all, we we talking, we talk after, and then you just be, like, on go mode, like, what's next? Yeah. Like, let's go hunt, let's go right. eat. And, like, that's that, that's that passion I feel whenever we're in the studio because we're allowed to kind of put forth our authentic selves and really tap into who we are as men and women and really um, find what makes us happy. Pure Soul Restaurant in Durham, North Carolina is one of the best plant-based restaurants in the country. Plant-based everything. Whether you are 100% plant-based or flexing your diet, Pure Soul has amazing options for everyone. With majority of the foods being locally sourced from Pine Knot Farms, a small business with sustainable practices, you taste the North Carolina love and soul through every bite. Family, Pure Soul isn't trying to convince you. They are trying to feed you. Stop by Pure Soul in Durham and tell them Black Fly on the Wall sent you. Um, I love the poetry. What I was going to ask you is, what are three things in your life that make you happy? Pure happiness, pure bliss. Um, My daughter. How old is she? She'll be nine in June. Nice, nice. My daughter, because I, when my daughter, it's like I, I see my daughter and I see myself, mm-hmm. but I also see the person that she's becoming for herself. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's really, it's a amazing. Bit. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You, a little yeah, bit it's hurt. amazing to see because it's like you're now your own person, though. You know what I mean? Like you're your mm-hmm. own individual person. So to see what she's into, what she likes, like she she loves to do hair. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And by, like, bro, she be braiding my hair, braiding my mom's hair, and good at She's about to be nine. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I, I fuck with that. And she's in the drawing, too. So when I see her drawing, I'm like, yo, I, I love to see it because she, you know, I like to draw. And she been watching me draw or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, but, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> and also seeing her tapping to me, like, she be writing raps. I'm like, let me hear something. Let me hear some <laughs> little raps. But, like, she be rapping. And it's like, I, I love to see it. But I just also love to see her mold into the person that she's becoming. But I also see um, the things that I could have possibly passed down, like anxiety. I can see her her anxiousness and stuff okay. like that. But, my yeah, my daughter, because my daughter's the whole reason why I even made an attempt to even take this shit serious. I I felt like at the time I ain't really had no other option. But um, she put the battery in you. Yeah, if it, if, it, if, what, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have no career, to be honest. So, I love it. that... Um, just honestly, just life in general, like just being here and trying to figure out what the next thing is. You enjoy the process of life. Yeah, I just enjoy the process, like because I, I never know where my interest is going to be two years from now. Yeah. And that's freedom. Yeah, and I that's, and free, like, that's freedom. And just that's freedom. Knowing also like that every day ain't going to be its best, but seeing how I'm going to get myself out of that situation. That and just the art of, like, music and art in general. Because before music, I, I was in, um, I was, like, a graphic designer. Like, okay. I was doing niggas' mixtapes and logos and all type of shit. So, like, I really have the art for, like, art. You designed your own album cover? Go no, my, my my homeboy did. But me and my homeboy <laughs> met in sixth grade. We've been homeboys since sixth grade, but I met him in art class. Okay. Right, you know what I'm saying? So. What's up? Like just music and art, bro. Like, it's certain songs I listen to where it's like, you can. It's like a timestamp. Mm-hmm. You know where you were. You can kind of like mm-hmm. feel the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. You can smell the smells mm-hmm. or whatever. It's like, so like music is definitely like a time capsule. But then an honorable mention, like I I love cars too. My mom got me into that shit and my brother. So like when what I'm around got? cars, I got a 1970 uh, Galaxy. Nice. And that's like. That's my baby. I used to have a Camaro. I had an '89 Camaro. Mm. I want. I want a '69. Yeah. That, that's that's, yeah. that's, that's my, my dad had a '69 Firebird. Ooh, it was gold. Nice, bro. So yeah, cars, music, my daughter, and just life, bro. Wait, before we move on, um, do you think you're like it? Is like progressing to art? Do you see yourself like trying to be like Baby Basquiat or anything later? Like if you do hang your shoes up in music, maybe you won't because I mean Nas and Jay still going, but like I I, I ain't gonna lie, I don't want to be. I don't want to do the music shit forever. I I, I love it, but art is sexy. Like you know it, what it I'm is, like, and, and art is sexy. I don't see myself being a Basquiat, but I do see myself being the type of person where I'm not gonna let my talents die. Yeah, you know, I don't know what it's gonna be. I'm not trying to say I'm gonna be like when the rap shit is done. I'm gonna be the next popping artist. Like mm-hmm. I just want to still be able to create. Um, when I was working. It's this, it was a dude named Rob, DJ, and got to be like 65 or up there. You know what I'm saying? He an he OG. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he's still DJing and the shit, and you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's like, it's that type that of shit. love. Like, he's still DJing at that age. Like, it ain't die. He still got the love for it. Still got the passion for it. I want to be like that. So you can see yourself. Yeah, like, I can see myself sure. still painting yep. when I'm older. I can see myself still having to... Show a nigga 
a, a bar to or whatever, but like I don't want to like, be. I ain't lost it now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be. I mean, it would be fire and a blessing to be 50, 60, still torn or whatever. Mm-hmm. But at a certain point, I just want to be at a at a space to where I can step aside from music and kind of watch my daughter grow. Because by the time she in high school, I kind of want to be fully present for that. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to be on the road and mm-hmm. missing high school missing. shit, proms and all that shit. I want to be fully invested because high school is a pivotal point for anybody. It is, man. You know. And, uh, and, and too, I, I like those, man. I like the love for cars. Uh, we talked about poetry. We talked about your love for art. Um, as a rapper, sometimes it gets lost that, you know, rappers like other genres of music outside mm-hmm. of rap. Like, what's an R&B album or an R&B artist that really inspires you to continue to create and stay in your bag? Is there anything of any, or is there any type of R&B inspiration that that you have in your life, um, even from your childhood to now, that's really gave you inspiration? Marvin Gaye. Man, me too, bro. Um, we might be cousins. Hey, we might be, <laughs> might be. Uh, but you nah, look like I'm a little. <laughs> <laughs> nah, and it ain't even, it ain't even because of like the references. Like my mom was really heavy on um, Marvin Gaye and like just old tunes. Like even, like it, it be some like every now and then some temptations will pop up and I'll mm-hmm. sing that shit that's word from word. Mm-hmm. Niggas be like, "Bro, how do you know this song?" I'm like, dog. Right every right. Sunday, Saturday, absolutely. My, my, bro, my grandma had a Cadillac. We would hop in the Cadillac, and every Sunday morning, Saturday morning, my mom and my grandma would go to attic sales on the south side. And so in the car, bro, that's all I would hear because that's what they listened to, mm-hmm. whether it be Smokey Robinson, Marvin Gaye, Patti LaBelle, or whatever. So when, like, Temptations come on, I know that shit word from word. Niggas be looking at me like, bro, what the fuck? But it's like, bro, this is what I grew up on. I didn't grow up on, like, hip-hop or nothing. I didn't get introduced to hip-hop until I got to... Like ninth grade, eighth wow. or ninth grade. Wow. So it took me a while. Wow. Um, but yeah, bro, music is just like a. Ain't life funny? Yeah, it is. Like, cause it, you're a hip hop musician, you know, like right, like the notoriety you get from that. But it's like before, you know, it was art and it was like old school music. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like soulful mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. It all, everything always comes back full circle, bro. Mm-hmm. Like it never fails. Like mm-hmm. always come back full circle. It, it be shit that I be doing or or. Or dealing with, and then it come back on like a major scale. I'm like, damn, this crazy, bro. Seriously though, do a cover or some shit. Like looking I, like no, Marvin so, Gaye. So like, you, you Halloween, like, yo, gotta I do might, it. bro. I, well, I, I dressed up from uh, Marvin Gaye. Like, oh, it's like it's like a thing. Three, it's three divine. Ago. Yeah, it's divine. He might be uh, um, what is it? You know, like a re- you might be him reincarnated. I might be. <laughs> I might be. You in the music? You know what I'm saying? Who knows, bro? <laughs> nah, man. But man, look. Amazing, amazing, amazing interview, man. I love uh, the transparency. Um, I think it's important that artists like yourself are often humanized, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Because um, us as fans, um, we like to develop our own own perspectives and our own ways of thinking about who you are as an individual. But it's vitally, vitally important that people hear interviews like this, so they'd be like, you know what? I experienced the same things that Luda experienced. Luda experienced the same things that I experienced. So how I deal with my anxiety, my fears, how I deal with success is all based on how I choose to show up, right? Or if I choose to show up at all and to be okay with that. Um, I also love how um, you showed that you were fearful of going to therapy, but you did it 
but you still had those emotions. Like sometimes like I've been to therapy as well. I've been to therapy with my father. So I've been twice and it was a beautiful experience in both. So I can definitely relate to you on how the process of like, ah, I don't really need to go. Um, but you are so like, I tell people all the time, man, like it's one of the most beautiful things that you can do because you allow yourself to just express. Right. It's a safe space. Like you feel like you're in that room and what you say is not going to get out to anybody else. Right. So it's like, you also get to take that unbiased feedback um, and to be able to move forward and to be able to progress as well. So I think it's, I think it's, man, I think I I just want to thank you. Like I've I've thanked you multiple times since I've met you today, but I think it's impactful that, um, that we're having this conversation about fears, anxieties and the fear of success. It's like, I feel like everybody's, um, everybody's idea of, of uh, success is different. And mm-hmm. for me, I feel like I'm still uh, defining what success is to me. Mm-hmm. Like, even with my, my nephew, because my nephew and I got some cousins and even my daughter, you know, like, but my nephew specifically, like, Uncle Lou, you, 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 um, Uncle Lou, you, you, you famous. Like, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, Uncle Lou, you, you a celebrity. <laughs> and it's times where I be wanting to say, I'm not. I'm not famous, nephew. Like I, you know, I'm probably well known, but I'm not famous. But to him, he sees it as like, yo, Being you're the you the don. Yeah. yeah, and and I don't want to. I deal with I don't, the same. I, I don't want to cloud mm-hmm. him from what he sees things. But for me, you know, where everybody like, cause even when um like, like even certain accolades, people will think like, oh, bro, you doing it? Like, or oh, nigga, you made it? And for me, it's like, nah, not yet. Like I'm still climbing. I still got things to do. Um, even with like. Cause again, with um like the the plaque for we got a plaque for uh under the sun, mm-hmm. and we got a plaque for the album, and a lot of people would think like oh, it's the plaque that I'm uh proud of, mm-hmm. and it is it is the plaque the plaque that I'm proud of, but it's not even because of that it's platinum, mm-hmm. it's the fact that that's the first thing that I got with my name on it that signifies that I accomplished something because I don't have a high school, I don't have my diploma. Wow. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like, it's not even about the, the platinum plaque or the fact that it's platinum. It's just the fact that I got something that that, that says that I achieved yeah. something with yeah. my name on it wow. that I can hang up. That, that shows it. you, that shows you the, like mm. the power of putting like something in ink yeah. and on paper. Yeah. Cause I'm like, yo, it's not even about, it's not even about the, pla-. like it's, that's fire. And mm-hmm. I, I'm appreciative of the accolade, but it's really more so that I got something that says I achieved something. See, like now, see, now we got. Now I was about to close it out. I got now. I got to ask you something. <laughs> so, what was your experience like with joining Dreamville, and like measuring your your value of yourself? I never measured myself, but I I definitely appreciated the fact that they allow you to be yourself, and um, that's one of the main reasons that I I, I appreciate Dreamville because they don't try to take you away from who you are mm-hmm. um in fact they in, invest in who you are and make sure that you're pushing through who you are um do you think cole has a major pro- major part in that i think everybody in dreamville got a major part in it i don't even think it's it's just cole but cole does like, have a part in it as to reflect yeah, leadership and, and like all this everybody right. at dreamville but you can see that once like, yeah. once you said they let you be yourself you think about it you're like yeah everybody is kind of authentic yeah, when you, uh, yeah, it's yeah like when you go down it's the road really like a family yeah. uh five and and everybody makes sure that everybody's everybody's straight and mm-hmm. on, on the path that they need to be on mm-hmm. and that's um you don't get that everywhere no 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 I, I hear things and I, I see certain things. It's like you really don't get there anywhere. So it's truly a blessing, to be honest. And again, it. I feel like it's just that divine, that universe putting you in the right places where you need to be. 
I you were it. about to quit before he actually called you. Yeah. And then, uh, I was working at Walmart when he called me. That that wasn't when I got signed, but he called me while I was working. Damn. Random number? Who was this? Like, yeah, like random shit. Um, because we don't, we don't answer the numbers we don't see. Yeah, but it, it wasn't even the number. It was just my boy telling me that Cole had hit him and wanted me to hit him. And I'm like, bro, this makes no fucking sense. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, this is you know, like, April uh, Fool's. I've like, told this so many times, but it's like... <laughs> On Twitter, you had to be following somebody in order to DM them. Right. But I wasn't following Cole. I was new to Twitter at the time. Okay. I wasn't really, I had like low ass, like only a couple people. Uh-huh. And, but my homie was a Cole fan. So he was following Cole. And I guess Cole had heard my music somewhere and was trying to reach out to me. But he couldn't DM me because I wasn't following him. So he followed my homeboy, the person, the close person that he saw me interacting with. And I was interacting with my homeboy. That's crazy. So he followed my homeboy, DM'd him. And told him, like, yo, I fuck with your boy Luke shit. How that nigga holler at me because we going to be in town for CIAA? A homeboy hit me and like, yo, Cole hit me, told me to tell you to hit him up. I'm like, bruh. Like, what you talking about? Why would Don't Cole... Don't my break. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm telling him, like, because I had just... Okay, I, I'm on, like, lunch. my... Bruh, as anywhere, I'm on my last strike. Right. So I'm like, bruh, I ain't trying to get fired. Mm-hmm. You playing them, and mind you, my homeboy is a nigga that be joking around. So it was harder yeah, for me. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. So, so when like he that. actually is being yeah. serious, yeah. it's hard to recognize when he's being serious. So I'm like, stop playing on my phone. Yeah. And but he kept hitting me. So on my lunch break, I was like, let me just see what he's talking about. So I'm like, uh, and here I am, like I'm about to follow Cole, and I'm like, this this stupid. Yeah, I don't even know why why I'm listening to him. So I follow Cole, and as soon as I follow Cole, he he did me. And I'm like, this oh, the right call? Let me. Yeah, like, you I'm, I'm like, you got the chance. So I'm like, oh shit, okay. But then he he lets me know, like, yo, this how I found your music. We're gonna be at CRAA uh, for the week or for the weekend. Um, I want you to, you know, pull up so I can let you know how I found your music and, you know, but that was the start of our. Um, relationship. That One was, thing about Cole, he'll track uh, you down because he just did that with the beat. Yeah, bro. Put and, the beat on YouTube. And, and like I said, like he from the nine one zero two, so we 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 persistent. What music did you have out at that time? Huh? What music did you have out that time? That I had just I had just dropped West nineteen ninety six. Okay. Oh yeah, that joint's hard. I had just dropped West nineteen ninety six. Yeah, that was hard. Um, I had literally just dropped it that February. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, and he said that somebody was playing it. He was he had just had a show in Florida. He said somebody was playing it in Florida or whatever, or they was playing it on the way back. Something like that. Either somebody was playing it or somebody asked him who was he listening to or who was he looking at that was coming up in North Carolina. And I think he was just like, put me on. And I guess they put him on to the mixtape or whatever. And they was listening to it on the way to CIAA. And so he reached out to me. That's all. And um, yeah, I met Cole system. and I met King Mez that night and Miguel. Nice. Yeah. Nice. My main producer used to be, he used to produce for King Mez in high school. They was like Tit Tat. His name is uh, Streets Mentor. Okay, yeah. yeah. King Mez got me my first uh, um, show as just Luke because I was mm-hmm. uh, in a group. But my first show as a solo artist or just Luke was at uh, King's Barcade in Raleigh. Mm-hmm. That was my first time in Raleigh. Dope. And um, Dope. he was he was the headliner there. And from meeting him backstage with Cole that night, he um, was like, yo, open up for me. And I... I did. 
Yeah, yeah, that was congratulations from top from bottom. Yeah, man, it was it was it was crazy, bro. Yes, it was crazy. It's been a crazy journey, and I'm just like like I said, like fun part though. I'm just excited to see what's next. Life be life, life definitely be life. Life definitely be life. That's love, man. Thank you, bro. Nah, thank y'all, man. Thank you, thank you, thank y'all. Dope interview. For my brothers, never had an ear to hear me. These the bricks for our sisters help us build it. If I could be a black fly on the wall, I can hear and see it all and have the mind of a god. Black, 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 black. Fly, 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 fly. Black, black, black.